And we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. Joe Morales, Charles Markowski here on this Thursday afternoon. A jam-packed second show of the week. We've talked about it for months, how Joe Judge should be relieved of his duties. And now on Tuesday, two days ago from when this is being recorded, Joe Judge was fired by John Maris, Steve Tish, and that entire giant ownership group. And Trevor, we can now begin the Great Reset and a proper start to this rebuild. So, Trevor, happy Thursday. I think every Giant fan out there is having the greatest day as we are. I, I think so, Joe. You were a little skeptical, Joe. You thought they were going to keep him. Yeah, you I mean, was... I, I kept thinking back to that conversation on Monday when I kept thinking it was un- unorthodox for, uh, for front offices to wait this long, especially after firing the GM one day, for them to come back a day later and fire the coach. And I don't think any of us know the reason why. Was it because they're skeptical? Did they really did they really not know? Were they was Joe Judge trying to sell them on something? I don't think we'll ever know the answer on to why they waited the extra day. But I mean, I was skeptical, you're right. Well, Joe, I, I would say this. I think in my opinion, in the way that I thought it was very close. I thought it was fifty fifty that meant that they could have kept him or they could have fired him. I thought it went either way. Yeah, and it felt like a roller coaster thing. Cause Monday morning, when De- Gettleman retires and the reports are coming out that his job's safe, and then later that night, it's like, oh, well, now it's fifty fifty. Remember, remember when we were doing our show, they were having a meeting with him. We were wondering where that went. Clearly, that meeting was to, you know, let him know that we're firing you pretty soon. And, and Joe, I had, and I was that Monday, that Tuesday night, I was uh, Scott Van Pelt, who I really like. I, I always watch your show at night. He had an NFL reporter on, and and he said that a few weeks ago that. Joe Judge's job was safe. But then Joe Judge kind of shot himself in the foot with all this ranting and not making any sense in the locker room. The reporter said that that was, you know, then it became a 50-50 after that ranting. So you can kind of say, Joe, that Joe Judge kind of kind of digged his own grave. Totally. He, like, he, he, it I sounds think, like. I think he talked himself out of a third year of this job. Whether it was. Joe, what's up? Joe, if, I would say this. If he doesn't go on that rant, those last, those two games, yeah. I think he. I think he stays. And you're talking about the the 11 minute rant after the loss to Chicago, and then unnecessarily. There's actually three things. Number two was then going after a former coach, which could not have uh, sat well with John Mayer going after a former coach who was just here two years ago when he called out Pat Shermer. And then the yes. third one was calling out Ron Rivera, who he's playing this week. So there were three instances in two weeks where. If you needed more evidence, because I think I think our minds were set. We wanted them gone a few months ago. But if you needed anything else to show you that this guy is incompetent and needs to get out of here, those three instances were the moment where I think those people knew who weren't 100% sure. That was when they knew that right, it's time to move on. We got to get a new yeah. guy again. Joe, if he, if he doesn't go on those immature rants, I think he's probably staying and we're having a different conversation. I think so too because the, the report's coming out that this is what I read in the uh, in the Daily News today, and take it for what you want, if you want to believe it, if you don't want to believe it. The Daily News today said that John Mara was not ready to fire him, but Steve Tisch walked in the building Tuesday morning and said, no, we're firing him. I mean, I, I don't know how often Steve Tisch speaks up, because it's always Mara doing these press conferences or releasing the statements and whatnot, but... I don't know how big of a, you know, say Steve Tisch has, but clearly when he walked in Tuesday, he said something, and it changed John Mara's, it changed his mind. Well, you know what, there, Joe, I'll say this. That is very unlike uh, Steve Tisch to say anything, because he's more with the financial operations, not the football. Right, so, he's, he's more behind the scenes, and he lets Mara do the big stuff. You're right. So for him to say something like that there, Joe, uh, it really is something. It really, that's a 
powerful statement to make. No, absolutely, absolutely. And it needed to be done. This guy needed to be gone. Yeah. Uh, it, and, it, go ahead. And, and, and I think that, Joe, I think there was a split in the front. It sounded like Steve Tisch wanted him out. No, it sounded like he wanted him out. I, it sounds like Mara, because that's why the reports came out a few weeks ago. You have to wonder why they said his job was safe. I mean, I assume that comes from Mara, who wanted to keep him. Um, yes, yes. And you know what, dude, Joe? Mara said that, you know, I don't want to be the guy who fire coaches every two years. And I agree with him on that. You can't keep going through coaches every two years. I understand, but, but he's become but, that. But, but I will say this, dude, Joe. This two-year job, this two-year coach had to go. Yes. Yeah. So now, I agree with him that you can't be every two years you you because that's just not winning. You're not going to win like that. So now, go out and find the right two guys that will make it longer in two years. Right. No, and it shows to you how out of touch he's been. And I will say that he's he's known when the right time to fire a coach is. Whether he wanted Judge fired on Monday morning is irrelevant because he did fire him. He knew when to fire Judge. He knew when to get rid of McAdoo, and he knew when to get rid of Shermer. Now, in the same boat, you should not have three coaches in six years. That is that that is a sign of incompetence. You cannot have that in football or any sport for that matter. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what, there, Joe? If Maris said that, you know, I fired him because I didn't want any division in the front office, I would accept that as a, I think that was a, a a right thing to do. Whatever the reason was, whatever he wants to tell you, it's fine. I think these press conferences are a little bit. You know, I don't know if you listen to the press conference. I think they're a little blown out of proportion because, you know, you say something, everyone gets upset. But what what matters is that he's gone. That's all that matters. Now, if you read the papers today, everyone's upset about what Chris Mara's job is. That doesn't bother me as much. I don't care what Chris Mara is doing in, in, in the Giants front office. It doesn't bother well, me. But go, go ahead. I, I, well, you go ahead, Dick. I'll, I'll try. To no, I, I was just saying I, I don't see what the big deal is about these press conferences. The job was done. And Joe Judge is gone, and we're going to try again to get this new head coach. Yeah. Um, Joe, I, I think for, first off, you got to hire a GM in the first place mm -hmm. if you want to right. start there. And then let the GM decide what coach he wants mm -hmm. to bring in. Well, and, oh, good. And you know what, Joe? They, they did, they, they talked to somebody from the Bills the other day. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can get, if you can, you know, Get, talk to a guy or get a guy who's been with the Bills or the Chiefs who have won. Right. You know, sign me right up there, Joe. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that right away. Right. I was telling my friends this, that I'll have a conversation on who the head coach should be, especially if it's, you know, a coordinator from a good team or if we're talking Brian Flores, who's an experienced coach. But when it comes down to getting a general manager, to me, as a fan, I can't sit here and tell you which general manager I want because they've never been general managers before. I've never seen them do their job. Now, what I will say is, if you love Brian Dable from Buffalo, who's their offensive quarter right now, you know, there's obviously a connection between Dable and this Joe Schoen guy, or excuse me, Joe Schoen, who is in the Bills' front office and seems to be at the top of this Giants interview list. If you go out there and get Schoen, there's a pretty good chance you end up with Brian Dable also, who will probably be your head coach. That's just my guess. Well... For Joe, for GMs, what I look at the most is I look at what team they're they associated with. I think that's the main thing. Yes, I agree. Because, you know, any guys from the Bills or the Chiefs, I would sign me up right now. Right. I would take but if guys. you're telling me you're going to the Detroit Lions and looking at their assistant GM, I'd tell you. I'm going to say no way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, that's why I'm fine with that. When it comes to coaches, though, I am, I, I'm, in, I'm all in for a conversation on who the head coach would be. But, I mean, they're looking at um, Joe Schoen in, in Buffalo. They're looking at 
a, two guys from the Titans, someone from the Chiefs, and another guy in the uh, from Arizona. So they looking they're looking at a total of nine guys, but those are the main five who they completed interviews. Arizona, with. another winning organization, right? <laughs> right. Now, 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 Joe, I, I was having a conversation with my head coach with my dad about this, and I kind of agree with him. I think the Giants see the coaches had head coaching experience because the, the last three times they went down this route of a guy with no head coaching experience and it ended up in a disaster all three times. I think they need a guy who has head coaching experience to be the next head coach, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, I don't mind going with one of these coordinators. I feel like when you look at Shermer and when you look at Joe Judge, it was seen as, or excuse me, it wasn't seen as the Giants were entering a major rebuild like they are right now. At least with Shermer, you'd just taken Saquon Barkley. You, you still had Eli Manning. Whether you like that or not, you still had him. There were at least some expectations from two years off of an 11-win season. And with Joe Judge, it was seen to be the latter end of that mini-rebuild, you can call it, where they trade Odell and I call it a mini-rebuild because they didn't really rebuild, but they weren't good either. So getting Joe Judge was supposed to be the end of that little reset. Well, but now— you're it's go- a big rebuild. <laughs> right, but now you're going into a big rebuild. And with, with that being said, I don't really need a head coach with experience because they're not ready to win right now. I wouldn't be opposed to a B enemy or a Brian Dable from Buffalo. I'm not opposed to, you know, one of the better coordinators. I don't necessarily need someone with experience. Now, if you're going to ask me, Trevor, would I rather Brian Dable or Brian Flores, I'm obviously going to tell you Brian Flores. But I wouldn't no. be opposed to a, 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 a good coordinator. Now, Joe, I have my top three coaching candidates for me. Do you have like a top three? Yeah, for I you? do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I'll, I'll. How about this? I'll go. We start with three, and then you go your three. We'll go up the ladder. All right, right? you can go first. For three, I would have Eric Bieniemy as my number three. My three is Brian Dable in uh, in Buffalo. Okay. Would you Would you be opposed to Bieniemy? No, but Bieniemy is my number two. Uh, my My number two would be Brian Flores from Miami. Okay, and my like I said, my two is um Bieniemy. Who's your number one? Brian Flores. Right. I know you know. I, now, now, Joe was originally opposed to this. I know we're going with this, yes. He's not. Now, he's not true. My number one is Doug Peterson, the guy from. He he won a Super Bowl. Right. With a backup quarterback, by the way. Right. See, it's, so, it's funny because remember I texted you. I think I texted you. Was it yesterday I texted you? Where I said, you know, after arguing about it Monday, I was actually thinking about Doug Peterson. Now, call me crazy if you want, if you're a Doug Peterson hater, but you're right. He won a Super Bowl. He only had one losing season in his entire head coaching career, I believe, and he won a playoff game with a 9-7 and Eagles team. Now, you can say that when the way he went out of Philadelphia was a disgrace, the way he blew that game against Washington on Sunday night, but you can't argue with the Super Bowl. No, and you know what, did Joe? What he did out against Philly there, Joe? That has nothing to do with the Giants. It's not- yes, but it's, it shows you that he's willing to give up on, on, on games, which is what we just saw with Joe Judge. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think anyone is. Yes, but but that Super Bowl carries more weight. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think that a Super Bowl is obviously very important if you when you're looking at a head coach. Look, look, Joe, it's not the craziest candidate. No, you, know, I, you, you, you could have told me Adam Gaze or something. And I, you know what I mean? You, there could be crazier people out there. I don't want Adam Gase. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather... I, I'm not going to ask you Doug Peterson. Would you rather Adam Gase or Jim Caldwell? I'd rather take Jim Caldwell because yeah. at least, you know... He, he was a good coach. He, he was. He was. But no you shot. know what? No shot with Gase. But, but you know, Joe, I just think, you know, Doug Peterson, you know, he's a guy who won a Super Bowl, you know, back on quarterback. He's only, only... He's only... He's been the only guy to 
propel Nick Foles to a uh, to a um a Super Bowl. May I ask and, you, let me ask you a question, Trevor. Though, if Doug Peterson is so good, why would they get rid of him three years after a Super Bowl? Well, I I, I think it was just based on the fact that they gave up on that game. Mm-hmm. And you know what, dude, Joe? To be fair, you don't know what happened behind the scenes either. Right. Right. So, you know. Well, how about this? If, if Brian Flores is so good, then why did Miami get rid of him? Because Miami's incompetent. I agree with you, but you can make the same argument there as well. Well, Philly's a playoff team this year. Miami's not. Yes, I, I do agree with you, but to be fair, I mean, Miami did have a lot of injuries in the season. Right. And made a big run at the end. So, you know what, Joe? I would say Flores and, and Peterson are, are my top two, but it seems like, Joe, in our top three, it seems like we have a lot of the—we uh, kind of have the same idea for right. a candidate. We, we we want one of the top head coaching candidates out there, obviously. Now, Biennemi has not been brought up at anything. Now, that's maybe because he's in a playoff race, which, again, has shot him in the foot time and time again. That He's made these long runs to the Super Bowl, and he hasn't been able to accept the job quite yet. Now, you could also say it's because he's a bad speaker, which has been brought up a few times, which is a fair argument, and how would he handle the New York media. But, I mean, I am willing to take a chance on Eric Biennemi like you are with uh, like uh, excuse me, like you are with the enemy. Yeah, I, I, I am willing to take a shot with him. I, I, I do not want Josh McDaniels. I want no part of him. Yeah, I don't want McDaniels. I don't want you brought up Joe Brady a few weeks ago. I don't want Brady. As a as a coordinator now? Not as a coordinator, no. No. Let me let me ask you one more thing. Do you would you emphasize bringing in a head coach with an offensive background? Maybe. What about a guy like Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator? No, thank you. No thank you. No, not at all. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Joe. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Freddie Kitchens can't stay as the offensive coordinator. Oh no, absolutely. They, they, well, they're going to bring in a new coach who's going to bring his own coaching staff in. Yeah. Um. Well, the coordinators haven't been fired yet, right? Right. They. I assume they will be once they get a new G- GM or coach. Yeah, but uh, you know, no more. You know, I wouldn't mind a. Uh, you know, Joe, if the guy, you know, a guy who wasn't taken as a coordinator, you know, Todd Bowles has. Uh, Done not a bad job as a coordinator. Yeah, but he wasn't. I mean, if you want to give him a second chance, maybe he was a disaster of a head coach. I don't know if I'd be willing. Oh, you're talking about coordinator. Coordinator. Why would he leave Tampa Bay to come here? I know. I'm just saying, if he wasn't, if he wasn't a coordinator right now, I would take a shot with him as a defensive coordinator. Of course. If if Bill Belichick was a head coach, I'd take Bill Belichick. Well, he's (laughs) not it. But you know, Joe, it's going to be really interesting. Who's the offensive coordinator? Who's the, you know, who's going to be all the, you know. And, and don't be surprised if they bring up one of these college coordinators who have done very well um, at the college level. That's one thing I don't want as a college coach. Besides Harbaugh, that's the one thing I don't want as a college coach. But you, you would not be opposed to giving Harbaugh a shot at that. No, coach. absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, would, I would totally let him come in and run the franchise. Absolutely. Because he does have – he hasn't won one, but he does have a Super Bowl appearance with Alex absolutely. Smith. And he has three straight NFC Championship games, one of them with, with Alex Smith. And I, I personally think, Trevor, he has gone to Michigan, and he's done everything he's could to, you know, try and get him a national championship. He's won a few uh, titles in the, in the Big Ten. So, I mean, I think everything he could have done at Michigan is, I think he's done there. And he beat Ohio State, which was the big thing. Yep. Um, About time. Now, you know, you know what, the Joe Royal being that Super Bowl game, you, you, you could have said that the Niners should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, probably. You could make an argument for that. You know. You think they were the better I, team? Yeah. Maybe, but I would not be opposed to giving Harbaugh a shot. I mean, after those three, I would say Harbaugh's on my next best. But you'd agree that's a long shot, right? It is a long shot, but, you know, at least he's, a, like I said before, I'm stressing, a, a head coach, at least he's a winner. Right, 
Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Trevor, anything else going to add the Giants? That's, you know, that's really it, Joe. It's going to be a very interesting to see what happens. Right. And it'll be very, very interesting to see what, um, what, um, um, other teams do. Right. Now, I know, I know that, you know, they could bring in Biennemi because don't, don't you have to bring in one for, for the, for the Rooney rule? Yes, Isn't I, think, I think you do, yeah. So, you know, like, I think maybe they could bring Brandon B. for that just to say they did the rule. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. You never know. <laughs> but, you know, I think the focus should be a GM right now before mm-hmm. we move on to a, a head coach. Right. My- Absolutely. Now, Trevor, if, I don't know if you were ready for this, but are you ready to do what? you want to do uh, playoff predictions? Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll give it a yeah, we'll, shot. We'll dude. stay on the topic of, of NFL. I'll re- if you don't have a bracket, I have a bracket ready. If you don't have a bracket, I will lead, I will uh, read you the games. You can tell me who wins, all right? All right. You ready? I'm ready. We'll start in the AFC. Game number one is Pats at Bills. Pats at Bills. I think it's a very close game, but I think the Bills win. Right. I also chose the Bills here. Um, the way Mac Jones has been playing, Trevor, does not make me feel good so uh, about the Pats right now. All right, game number two, Raiders at Bengals. Raiders at Bengals. I like the Bengals. Yeah, I like the Bengals here too, and I'll give you something else on the Bengals in a few minutes. Chiefs, at, uh, excuse me, Steelers at Chiefs. Joe, I, I think this is probably the blowout game. This is the game. worst game of the first round, absolutely. I, I like the Chiefs there, Joe. I do too, but I, I, I'm kind of rooting for, for Big Ben in Pittsburgh. You know what, I, you know what, Joe? I wouldn't mind if Big Ben won. Right. No, I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind, Joe, if he won. I'll tell you right now, my dream Super Bowl is Packers or Steelers. I don't know, Joe. I, mean, I it, would love that. Off from the Steelers, today. Oh, absolutely. It's not happening. All right, NFC now. Uh, Actually, no, no. We'll, we'll finish up the AFC first, Trevor. I'm sorry. So you chose the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs. So that means, Trevor, the Bengals will take on the Titans in the divisional round. I like the Bengals. I do too there. I also do. And then you have the Bills versus the Chiefs. Chiefs. Me too. So we we're, we all agree in the AFC so far. An AFC championship game. Bengals at Chiefs. I got to take the Chiefs. I take the Bengals there. So that's where we differ. I have the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, right? The, the big reason is because, you know, our head field has big home field advantage. Right, but I have a feeling that Joe Burrow goes on a run here, and this Bengal team, when Joe Burrow is on, it's borderline unstoppable, dude. It really is. I'll tell you what, Joe, if the Bengals just make it to the AFC Championship game and lose, I would call that a successful oh, season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, NFC now. We'll start with the Niners and the Cowboys. I like the Niners. I do too, and this is not because we're giant fans. No, I just, feel, I just think the Niners are playing well. I, I, the Niners are playing great at, at points. Dak crawls into his shell. What kind of Zeke are we getting? And sometimes the Cowboys are a little inconsistent. That's all. Yeah, and if you remember there, Joe, my picks, I did like the Niners last week as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been big Niners guys all year. Absolutely. Yeah. Cardinals-Rams. You can argue this is one of the best games of the week. Cardinals-Rams. You can argue this is one of the best games of the week there, Joe. Um... By the way, people talk about the Cardinals when I play well. The Rams are not playing out well either. Yeah, but I mean, you talk about the Cardinals who started ten and two to finish eleven and six. That is yeah. a ultra cold, cold streak. Joe, I'm gonna buck the trend here with the cold streaks. I like the Cardinals. Really, and you're always a Cardinals guy. I should have expected. That. I'm taking the Rams here, Trevor. All right. Um, Bucks and Eagles. This is the second worst game of the week. Bucks and Eagles. I like the Bucks there, Joe, but I think the Eagles play a very good game. I think it's close. Really? Yes. This is another team that if they go on a run, is dangerous. And not because of what they could do in the playoffs. But imagine they go on this long run in the playoffs and they have three first-round picks next year, Trevor. Yeah. I mean, that is scary as a Giants fan. They're in the playoffs right now and have three first-round picks. Scary. Uh, now, we both scary. picked the Bucks there. 
We'll stay in. We'll stay in the AFC. So since um, that doesn't matter. Okay, uh, Niners at Packers. Niners at Packers. You know what? You know what, dude, Joe. I think uh, I know. I'm gonna sound a little bit crazy, dude, Joe. I'm calling for the upset. I'm calling for the Niners. Wow. So th- this this is the end of Aaron Rodgers in, in Green Bay, right? I I, I we'll talk about that after the season. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know that, what, that's got to seal it though. If that happens, but you know me, to Joe, I'm not afraid to uh, stick my neck out. No, there and... absolutely. Now you have Cardinals at Bucks. I, I like Tampa Bay. You do, yeah. It's kind of hard to stop Brady in the playoffs. It really is. It is. Now you have Niners Bucks in the uh, NFC Championship game. I have Bucks Packers. Sorry. So go ahead with your Bucks and Niners prediction. I like the Bucks. All right. So the Bucks go back to the Super Bowl. I will choose the Green Bay Packers over the Bucks in my NFC Championship game. So I'm... my Super Bowl is Packers Bengals. Yours is Bucks Chiefs. I'm sorry. I picked the boring Super Bowl. The same one as last. It's, it's all right. It's all right. Oh, <laughs> that's very true. Now you say it's very true. Who do you have winning? Is it a repeat or, or uh, what Kansas City yeah, the title? Joe, I think it's a flip reverse. I like the Chiefs in a classic. There game. you go. So no, another uh, Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Bucks, and a win for the Chiefs. There you go. I have the Packers beating the Bengals, Trevor. And um, I will just say the Bengals will put up a great fight, but Aaron Rodgers will get one Super Bowl, or excuse me, one more Super Bowl before he is on his way out of Green Bay. That's my guess. By the way, just remember, for all those playoff people out there, it is very, very hard for both one seeds to meet in the Super Bowl. It's like a curse. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. The Titans are not a one seed, by the way. This is the Chiefs are the best team in the, in the AFC. Well, yeah, but the Titans are technically the one seed, though. They are not the real one seed. But they're not a scary one seed. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. Now, Trevor, we saw some um movement with MLB and the labor negotiations, but we're going to bridge that with uh, some basketball. And the big one was the Knicks trading for um Cam Reddish. And they gave up a protected first-round pick from Charlotte. I'm sorry, my computer is still loading, Trevor. I've had such terrible Wi-Fi today. But they're giving up Frank Nilakina a first, a protected first-round pick from Charlotte. And they're also getting, I believe, a 2025 first-round pick. Trevor, we'll start with you. Your instant reaction to that trade. Well, first of all, Joe, it's a, you're giving up a lot. Mm-hmm. To get Cam Reddish and Solomon now. You think that's a lot? Uh, well, they gave up a first round pick. Uh, it's a, it's oh. well, it's a it's a very uh, heavily protected first round pick. I think it's a I think it's a, a a move to try and get some change and try and get some momentum back on the Knicks side. No, absolutely, and I mean you could point to last year's Derrick Rose trade as a similarity to this. Now I'm not saying Cam Reddish is on the level of Derrick Rose, and I mean last year bringing in Derrick Rose was he he was immediately one of their best scorers uh, statistic wise, but. You're talking about Cam Reddish, who was struggling in Atlanta, and bringing him in maybe a change of scenery. He's still very young, and only giving up a, uh, a extremely protected first round pick and Frank Nilakina. I think it's a win getting Nilakina off the team. Uh, for Christ's sake, was it Knox? I thought. I'm sorry, Knox did I say Nilakina? I meant Knox. Sorry, that's my bad. My Come bad. on, there, Joe. You're slipping. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here, trying to fight with my computer for the Wi-Fi. I'm trying to get the full trade up here. I'm now scrambling to my laptop, my phone to try and find the full trade. And I, they played Frank Nilakina last night against. Uh, they played in, when they played Dallas last night. I'm real. I'm really struggling here. Everything all right over there? But I mean, Trevor, you, you don't have to be. Is is it because of what they gave up, or is it just how you feel about Cam Reddish? I like Cam Reddish, I just think, you know, a first-round pick and, you know, 
it is a lot there, Joe. You give, anytime you give up a first round pick, it always is, you know, a good amount. I understand that. I I, I do, but but I, I I understand the move as well. Right, you, they're looking to spark something. This is not the move that's going to win them an NBA title. No one's saying that. But there there are five hundred team right now on the outside looking in in a very competitive Eastern Conference. They needed to make some sort of move to bolster the offense. And I mean, it isn't the is it, it is the the splashy move or it isn't a a hot move. But they're the getting sexy a move? yeah, the sexy move exactly. But I, I don't personally think a protected first round pick is that much. Now it doesn't. You could be low on Cam Reddish, but just because you're giving up Kevin Knox and a draft pick, I mean, it, it just gives the Knicks more options in, in their rotation. Oh, I agree. I like him, mm-hmm. so you don't need to get me off on that. Right. But um, um, you know, I I, I think Joe was a, it was a good trade for the Knicks. Yeah. Overall, in the end. Right. And also, just to, to bridge this before we get into baseball, the Nets, Trevor. I mean, I fell asleep in, in the second quarter last night because I always I, 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 I more the game than you did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, did the Lakers play last night? Maybe you're up for that. They did. There you go. Did you watch any of that? Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been a fun year for you to talk about the Lakers, by the way. It's been a win and a loss every time. Russell, Russell Westbrook. I mean, this trade's like a disaster with, with Westbrook. So far, it has like this. Is, I think I think they're gonna make a big move coming up. I can just see because they who? have an open roster spot. For who? For well, I think it's gonna be a dump of somebody. Right. Would you be opposed to Ben they, Simmons? I don't want Ben Simmons. <laughs> I want, <laughs> but you know what? Just, but you know what? To me, it seems like this year, I don't think we have that many good, that many really good NBA teams this year. In my opinion. No, we have Golden State and we have Phoenix. To me, that's the only one that that, that scares me. I mean, I. I think Chicago is good, but I think they're going to come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. I think the Nets are good, but the problem is the Kyrie on and off, in and out. Mm-hmm. Oh. Trevor, I'm going to let you know right now. We are having technical difficulties and my phone unplugged. But you're back in there now. If you want to say that again. All right. <laughs> we're, we're back now? Yeah, I, I accidentally unplugged you. You're back, though. Well, did you get my point about the, the, about the I lo- I lost you at Kyrie. Well, I said, you know, I was saying to that Kyrie, you know, the Nets, you know, it's hard to Kyrie. He's constantly in and out, in and out, a game in, a game out, two in, two out. That's not good chemistry on a team. No, absolutely. And, and then there's always that health question, too, with the Nets, especially at the last year. Right. It, it, it's, then, only, it's only like the 12th or 13th time all three of, the, three of these guys have played at the same time. And then, you know, Joe, you got that, too. You got the Nets. I think the Bulls are, like I said, you know, they'll come back down to earth. Memphis... I think they're just in a hot streak right now, okay. you know. Um, and after that, dude, Joe, you know, Utah's good. Mm-hmm. But after that, dude, Joe, after those three teams, I, I nobody's really grabbing you're, me. You're not, lo- you're not looking at a, at a clear favorite besides Golden State and Phoenix? No, I'm not. And I think it gives a shot to a team like 500, like a Denver, to make a run. Right. I mean, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference as more wide open than the West. In the West, we know what the Conference Finals is going to be this year. We know it's going to be Phoenix and Golden State. Now, oh, yeah. in the East, you can make a case for Chicago. You can make a case for Milwaukee or Boston. I mean, that's excuse me, Milwaukee or Brooklyn. But that, I mean, that's probably in the East. But it's definitely more wide open than than compared to the West. But you know what? Since you just said it was going to be a slam dunk, Phoenix and the Warriors, and the comments that was just a kiss of death. Right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, Golden State and Phoenix. I'm very sorry. <laughs> you know, some some team around like 500 is going to go on a big winning. Oh yeah! Here, hey, here come the Lakers. <laughs> Could be, you know, never, never, never cut out LeBron in the playoffs. Right, but one thing I will say, Trevor, and I, I, I was able to, I got up this morning, I actually got to school and I watched highlights. Was the first thing I did, 
And what I'm noticing, because this is the first time the Nets looked like a collective group since that Christmas Day game against the, the Lakers, when Patty Mills is shooting threes and actually getting them in the hoop, the Nets win basketball games. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Since losing Joe Harris, who has had another setback and that uh, rehab is looking, quote, tricky from Steve Nash. So, I mean, that's what I want to hear on, on a Tuesday morning. But when Patty Mills is shooting and he's shooting effectively, the Brooklyn Nets are unstoppable. Because when you combine that with Harden and KD and sometimes Kyrie and you have that weapon from deep with Patty Mills, to me, that that's what makes the Nets a complete whole team. Joe? Right now, you're paying as an F fan. Do you think the Nets are a title team? Right now, no, I don't. Do you think they will be? Uh, I think eventually they will. I think they're going through a cold stretch, though. I think eventually they will. I think it all depends on, number one, can Patty Mills remain consistent? And two, what's, right. going, what's going on with Kyrie? Is he going to be here for playoff games and home games, or are we only going to see him, you know, like four or five times a month on the road? Well, you know what, Ditcher? I would say right now I don't think he's going to be around for home games. I don't know. I really well, I, I hope he has a change of mind. I really do. Well, you know what, there, Joe? I, I can attest to Patty Mills. I'm, I'm telling you what, when he makes those shots, wow, that team's yeah. different. It, it, oh, it, completely true. I, I 100% agree. But, I mean, Trevor, I will say one more thing on the Nets. This is what happens when the big three are together. They they blow out teams, especially the one seed in the East, like they did last night. That is exactly what they could do when all three of them are on the court. Uh-huh, yeah. And people forget, it was a close game, too. The Nets allowed eight points in 12 minutes between seven minutes in the third quarter and eight minutes in the fourth quarter. I think it's 11 minutes. I'm sorry. But it goes to show how the net defense turned it on late in the game, in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. So, anything else we had on the NBA? That's it, there, Joe. We are at the halfway point or about to be at the halfway mm-hmm. point. So A lot of teams uh, still uh, figure out what the heck they are. I know. Deadline is a few weeks away also. Deadline? Yeah, I think we're going to see some big movement from a few teams. Yeah, I, I, I hope you're right. I'd love to see, I'd love to see some chaos there, Trevor. But um, we'll move on to, if my computer will let me, Trevor, we'll move on to uh, the MLB labor negotiations and what we can uh, discuss. And what we do know is they had a meeting today. And, we and also, it didn't go well. It did not go I mean, what did we expect? Did we expect things to go well? or? But it, it didn't. And this is from John Heyman. I'm just going to read the two tweets, all right? Players union disappointed stems from no change from where MLB was on the luxury tax thresholds and penalties, free agency or revenue sharing. They also prefer to see a greater increase in minimum player salary than MLB offered. MLB remains dead set against lowering free agency from six to five years. Part of the concern stems from the history of the big stars jumping from smaller markets to big markets when they hit free agency. And the belief is this would hurt competitive balance, which I understand. I understand both sides here. I really do. Both these sides are children. They should make up and let's play some baseball. Right? But when you're talking about free agency and arbitration, to the little guys like us, Trevor, this is just stupid. But I'm not going to take sides. I'm not going to say, you know, what's right and what's wrong. But the fact that these two people have not met since December 2nd and it's now we're a month and a half hour spring training is ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe. It seems like both sides have dug it in. I mean, mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like, Joe, that uh, I'm telling you what, Joe, I don't think any side is going to be budging soon. Right, right. And and the belief is, this is just, uh, this is just what we're sensing. The belief is that as we get closer to spring training, so we're talking mid-February, that is when we will get going because they're going to feel pressure from fans for not playing, and that's when they will really start not negotiating, but understanding each other and going forward. 
That is the I consensus buy, from the beat report. I don't buy that at all. You think we're you think we're going longer? Oh, I think we're going way longer. And that is going to be detrimental to the sport. It's already a dying I, sport, and if you do that, you're going to drive so many people away. Joe, I hope I'm wrong, but I I think Joe that we're, I think these negotiations are going to go until until March. Oh, I hope you're wrong, man. I hope you're wrong. But I mean, if you're going to tell me now, March, are you say mid March or late March? Mid March. If you tell me right now, March fifteenth, they're all done and they have a spring trading ready in a week, I'll sign up right now. Mm-hmm. Would you do that? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I I mean I would. I'm so scared of this going on until May or June, and the and we're playing on the sixty game season. I mean that would be detrimental. I don't know if it's gonna be sixty games, but uh, when when is this stopping? Do we know? I, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think we're having one hundred sixty two games this year. I'll flat out say that. All right. Oh god, this is gonna be a disaster, Trevor. A disaster. I know it is a disaster. This sport isn't confident. I mean, is it not? This is ridiculous. Well, Joe, my opinion, what what proposal, if you were an arbiter, you were in the middle here, um, what proposal would you put forward to make both sides happy? Probably, I mean, here's what I would do. I would, I would, I would raise minimum salaries for uh, for rookie players, which I believe is five hundred and something thousand dollars. Raise that up to a million. A million dollars is a flat salary. Um, I would move free agency. Uh, as soon as you hit twenty six or twenty seven. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll I'll make that a little more uh, more liberal. I'm, at twenty eight years old, you are a free agency, regardless of when you uh start playing in the major leagues, and I think that would make everyone happy. Uh, this is on top of my head. If I sat down and and what I really think I'd come I'd come back with an answer for you Monday. But off the top of my head, that's what I would do. Well, why don't you come back with an answer for us on Monday? What do you say? Why don't you come back for an answer? We'll on do. Monday. I'm gonna write it down on my book right Here now. Here we to see come what back. you think. Perfect. I'm writing that down. We will start with that on Monday. Now, Trevor, anything else on the MLB negotiations? Uh, what a stalemate here, John. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. It is return, Trevor. The carnival is back. When are we getting started with this? So the, the, now tomorrow. Now, no, correct, no, correct me if I'm wrong. We're gonna do a series of practice races first for a few weeks. We have, we have a se- like for example, Joe. We have a series of preps or you know like rounds before we get to like the real big ones, mm-hmm. there, Joe. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow we got some good races too. We got a couple of the big races that will lead us into bigger races. So, so we're we're starting tomorrow with some prep races. That's right. All right. So Trevor, as I always do. I will turn off my mic, and I will listen to you talk about horses. The show is yours, Trevor. Well, Joe, it's uh, we're back out of here again. It's Joe's favorite time of the day. Favorite time of the week. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so this year, the carnival, we even have a better abundance of horses coming from more countries. We have horses coming from 18 different countries, from uh, England and Ireland, France, U.S., uh, Scandinavia, uh Australia, Singapore, just to name a few off the top of my head, Joe, before I really dive into it. But uh, we have seven races tomorrow, there, Joe. We do have uh, six thoroughbreds. Then we have one Arabians, there, Joe. Now, Arabians and thoroughbreds are a little bit different. It's just that the Arabians are attended. Notice they'll be a little bit smaller and run a little bit slower. That's the only big, that's the only big difference that uh, we have there, Joe. And I'll give you I'll give you uh, our featured race tomorrow, there, Joe. It's the... We have a uh, challenge round one tomorrow. That's our. Uh, th- th- these are the rounds that we have for the the World Cup. That's the big one at the end of uh, at the end of uh, March, last Saturday in March. And uh, we have some horses that ran in the World Cup last year. Uh, there, Joe. Like um, let me just uh, 
Dejo, now I'm, I'm having issues like you are. See, it, it's, it's transporting ha ha over happens here. Happens to everyone. <laughs> transporting over here. Um, like we have a like hypothetical. He ran fourth in the in the World Cup last year, so he's getting his season started. Um, we have Salute to Soldier who ran fifth in the World Cup last year. He's getting also uh, his uh, his season started. Uh, who else do we have? The horse that won the uh, mile last year, which was a big race. Sequin Ambition, he's starting off in this race. It's a really big, it's a really big good field. It's a, it's a, it's a good field. And we have another horse who's two for two, so a promising horse. So I think it's a competitive race there, Joe. You, you take a look, you got Hypothetical. I told you, salute the soldier. You got uh, Eastern Will, who just came off a second place in other stakes. But for me, Joe, you know, if I'm giving out some advice, I would pick the so uh, sequin ambition just because he seems to be in good form maybe you know hasn't raced in a while maybe that would uh, cost him but to me that seems like the most logical play as we get the carnival start that would be my uh, and what are the uh, what are the odds for that horse that's seven to two there Joe. seven to two tomorrow and what time is this this race goes off uh sometime in the morning so you you will be watching tomorrow morning hopefully i can you'll try 11... see last year it was good because we were home but now at 11 o'clock yeah. tomorrow you get to find a way so we got seven races tomorrow, though, Joe. I, I could go on in the seven races for, you know, 30 minutes. But I'll just give you a shortcut version. Mm -hmm. That's why I like the, the 12. So it, it, it's a good race tomorrow, Joe. Got a lot of good races on the program. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's going to be fun. And that's, awesome. that's that's the that's the match you were talking about. It starts at 11. What time does the whole thing start? Uh, the whole thing starts at 9, 9 okay. Eastern. All right. So there nine you go. If you're interested in 9 o'clock, but the featured race that Trevor talked about is 11 o'clock. There you go. That's right. So. And how many weeks does this go for? Uh, eight weeks there, Joe. There so we go. race uh, We got two every months. Friday, every Friday, and then we have uh, and then we have two on uh, Saturday. The last two is on Saturday. Okay, so those are the two biggest. So, so for eight Thursdays, we will have these carnival previews. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Trevor. Anything else you want to add? Uh, that's really it, there, Joe. Um, just that. Uh, you know, it was a great show today. Yes. Now, Seton Hall Pirates play tonight, Trevor, at five o'clock. They're in DePaul. So I will be on my couch in 45 minutes watching that. But we'll be back on Monday to react to all the NFL actors from this weekend, Knicks, Nets, a little hockey. But for now, I'm Joe Morales. That's Trevor Markowski. This has been the MDM Podcast.